Spike Podcast post-game review. The Jets played uh, three and a half perfect quarters. I mean, that's the only way you could put it. Perfect quarters. They did everything right. They looked good. And then, you know, then the same old Jets made an appearance. And and here we are looking at this from two perspectives. There's the, the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence perspective, which, you know, we're happy and we expected this. And then there's, you know, the Jet fan perspective where that was an absolute atrocity, disaster, complete meltdown like like they always do there's no, no what more can you say it's, it doesn't hurt nearly as much as it would have in any other year before we jump into dissecting the game and another heartbreaking loss i want to just uh give you a little funny tidbit uh, i believe the jets were up 10 points when we at the start of the fourth quarter and i told my wife who does not care does not know anything about sports doesn't really care to know much about it except that i like the jets uh I gave her a hug. I said, my God, I can't believe what's happening. The Jets are actually up against the Patriots. She said, the New England Patriots? Honey, please, please, there's still time. We know how the story ends. Please, I don't want you to be upset at the end. And she just walked out. Obviously, when the Jets were winning, I was I was happy. I texted you because we're not at 0-14, 13 It was nice to potentially pick up a W against the Patriots. Uh, I'll take away the positives positives from the game we actually had an offense that looked explosive that made big plays that attacked downfield but most importantly we're still on track for trevor lawrence uh, before we uh but i do want to give the jets credit where it's due i don't want to hear anything about oh this is not the same old patriots whatever it may be all all of those things are true but this is the nfl you show up week to week Yes, the Patriots are not the same old Patriots, but the Jets have been absolute garbage. Uh, and the fact that they put up a fight, the, the difference was you had a team that's accustomed to winning and was going to dig and fight and find a way to win if there was one. And you had a team that's completely accustomed to losing. And if there was a way to blow the game, they were going to find it. And that's exactly what the Jets did. You said it perfect. Three and a half perfect quarters, execution, right plays. And then the crucial time where you just had to close it out, they gave it away. It, yeah, I mean, I, I do want to start with the positive because I spent you know three and a half quarters making notes about all the good things they were doing, a couple of little bad things here and there. Um, but that, that wasn't even just a typical meltdown. I mean, it's typical of the Jets to find a way, but, and I'll get to it. I don't want to talk about like, the start of the meltdown just yet because I want to kind of build up to it after talking about a bunch of positives. So. My my initial impression was it was gore, gore, and more gore, and and you know, and then Adam Gase at fourth and two from the forty in the first, you know, it was the first quarter, fourth and two from the forty. Why would you bother punting there? What have you got to lose at zero and eight? You know, you're down seven three, you're zero and eight. What what do, you, what do you got to lose? Why are you punting on fourth and two? Just freaking go for it, you know, and just whatever. But he he kind of shut me up because they started to look good after that. Um, they, you know, they spread the ball around and then, and then they opened up the passing game. It's not, it's not this run, run pass stuff. They, they opened it up. They took a bunch of deep shots. Um, you know, and even in the second quarter, I had, I had my notes that, that there was no creativity. They were boring. And as you and me had spoken about, they look like they're playing a different sport than everybody else. And then out of nowhere, boom, they start throwing the ball downfield. Mims, Mims starts making catches. They take shots at for Perriman. They, they're finally using Griffin, um, I, I just, you know, I was I was very impressed, and I was I was really quite afraid that the Jets were going to win this game and blow the whole thing, you know. But um. I um, I like what I'm seeing out of Mims. Uh, I think there are some positives there, so that's something to enjoy. Uh, but as I was, uh, as the Jets were putting up a big play after big play and throwing the ball downfield, 
I was just finding myself asking the question, where was this play calling with Darnold? Is it a matter of the new play caller or is it a matter of they really don't believe in Sam and that's why the offense, and I don't want to lean that way. I'm just speaking as a pessimistic Jets fan, but did they kind of dumb it down for Sam Darnold? Just get rid of the ball quick, go short, dump it down, and uh, let's see what we can do. Let's see if the guys can break a tackle or two and just uh, create plays. Because this was not the same offense we've been accustomed to seeing this season. And the other thing that pisses me off is this is the Jets we've grown to love our entire lives. First, wait for being mathematically eliminated. You have no chance in hell of making the playoffs. Now let's turn it up. Let's get aggressive and let's ruin any chance at a number one pick. As I was watching this game, I'm like, yeah, this team, I can see them winning three, four games. I can see it. Well, yeah, I mean, they'd have to beat the Patriots the second time up in Foxborough. They'd have to beat the Chargers. And maybe, I guess, if the Browns have a bad day, they're not beating Seattle. They're not beating... They're not beating, who else do they have? Oh, the Rams? I don't think they're, I guess the Rams. No, but I I think Chargers, we have to be realistic as well. I don't want to get carried away because this was not us putting up a game like this against the Chiefs. It is still a very, very different Patriots team that we are accustomed to. Uh, So realistically, from everything you've named, I would put the rematch against the Patriots simply because they might have a little bit of confidence. So I'll give them that as a maybe, and I'll give them as a, uh, the Chargers as a maybe, but nothing more than a maybe. We are 0-9. There is nobody we should be penciling in as a tentative win at this point. Well, the maybe comes from the fact that the Jets, you know, as we said, the Jets played three and a half perfect quarters. The Jets could not, and I, I will say this emphatically, could not have played better than they played tonight. They could not have. If they were playing one of the top teams in the league, they would have been in this game. No doubt about it. They would have blown it just like they did. But the Jets played as good a game as they are capable of playing. And back to your point, I was wondering the same thing. Now, did the Jets change the playbook because they don't have confidence in Darnold? Or the two other possibilities I see is one that they had all their receivers back for the first time and, and it enabled them to kind of open up the playbook. But the third possibility I see is it goes back to this freaking Adam Gase jackoff. He seems to call a game fairly well when the Jets are doing well, and then he tanks it. He goes into the tank and suddenly gets very conservative when it's not going well. It's like he gives up on them. So, you know, they, they started out slow. As, as I mentioned, I, I would have probably forgotten that they started out slow if I didn't make notes. So the question then becomes is when the Jets take a couple of shots downfield and it works, it's almost like Adam Gase gets on a high and it's like, all right, let's just keep doing this. You know, we never got the opportunity to see if he would go in the tank on his play calling. I know Loggins is calling the plays, whatever, but it, we never got the opportunity to see that because the Jets didn't see the ball in the second half or, or at least the fourth quarter. The, the Jets ran four plays in, in the in this fourth quarter and three of them were that shit-ass three and out at the end of the game. The, the Patriots held the ball the entire quarter. So I don't know if my theory that Adam Gase is the problem here and will not call an aggressive game when things are not going well is true. So I don't know whether to blame blame it on the fact that Darnold wasn't in there and they changed it around because they had a vet in there or if they really did um, take different shots because a different guy. I don't I don't know which it is, but I, I thought of that too. It was it was it was plain as day. Very interesting point, and I. I'm not ready to pick a side one way or the other, but you definitely made me, you definitely gave me a tidbit to think about for the next couple of days. Um, You're absolutely right, though. It seems like when explosive plays don't come early, Gase almost, instead of fighting out of it or trying and trying again, his mentality is up. 
nope, not happening. Got to go ultra conservative. Yep. Yep. And that's what he does. And he didn't have that opportunity because the plays worked. I mean, he even, he even got all ballsy at the end of the second half, which impressed the hell out of me. He's never done it. Started calling timeouts when the Patriots still had the ball and it was second down. He actually looked ahead and called timeouts. And then when they got the ball back, instead of running the ball into the line, they actually took that shot downfield and scored a touchdown. I mean, that's something Adam Gase has not done a single time with the Jets, ne- never once. And all of a sudden, he's doing that. And, and look what happens. The Jets play this great half of football. They go into the, the locker room with a 10-point lead. And you, you, who would have saw that coming? Yeah, but they, uh, they shut me up in the big way because uh, when the game started, the Jets' first drive uh, – they draw, They march down the field. Fantastic looking drive, uh, off, uh, mixing it up, passing, running. And as I'm as they're approaching the red zone, I'm like, wow, not how I envisioned the Jets putting up a touchdown. Very nice. And then once they get to the red zone, it's uh, the typical Jets. Very allergic to touchdowns. They settle for a field goal. And I just sat back and I'm like, yep, yep. That's why I predicted them to put up 13 points today. They just can't find a way to put the ball in the end zone. And then it just uh, it opened up and everything was did. working. Yeah, and let's give Flacco some credit, man. He made some great throws. That throw before the half to Crowder was an, an, an ridiculous. Fan, one of the best, one of the best throws of the season. Uh, yeah, great throw, great catch, great awareness to get both feet in. I mean, that was that was an NFL play. And the funny thing is, earlier on that play that Perriman dropped in the end zone, I was like, you know, NFL receivers make that freaking catch all the time. How is this guy not catching that ball? And then they settled for the field goal and whatever. But Flacco played a good game, man. And that, you know, I'm, until the end, of course, when the wheels came off. But we'll, we'll, we'll work our way to that. But that throw was a, was a, was a pinpoint beautiful. That was, that was perfection. That was NFL football at its finest. I do want to quickly throw it in. I'm sitting right now. I was listening to you talk. And I caught myself. I have a big smile on my face. And I instantly realized. I'm like, wow. We're gushing and raving like we just won a playoff game and we are on our way to a conference um, to the whatever the game to basically this to our Super Bowl. Meanwhile, we're discussing a loss. <laughs> it's not. It's not even we're discussing a win that broke our offer for the season. We're discussing a loss and we're like raving. Wow, this was amazing. This was perfect. This is what it's come to for us. It's a huge victory when the Jets look like an NFL team and not something that you, that we could throw a bunch of our friends together and compete with. You know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, when they look like that, that but you know, it's funny because I, I have a, the, the Facebook group we have. You know, the, the Dark Sider group, and some guys were saying stuff, and and one guy said he's not used to plays like that when you know when Perriman caught the touchdown. It's like I, when, I'm not used to plays like that. It's almost like it, that's not supposed to happen to the Jets, and it brings me back to what I said to you a couple of weeks ago, where. It's been so long since I rooted for this team to win because they're always in a position where the draft pick matters and you, you're all confused about whether you want them to win, you want them to play well and lose. I mean, it, it just it just gets to that point where I, you know, it, it's really strange to see them play like this and be happy for them. It was just really strange. So, yeah, I mean, I know they lost, but we didn't know that was going to happen until they went up by 10 and then you just knew it was going to happen. I'm, I'm just excited that it was a game worth watching. Usually after the first quarter, uh, my TV remote has been thrown against the floor multiple times and the batteries are all over the room uh i'm chewing on a pillow and then at the end of the first quarter i'm like what am i watching i'm gonna go clean my kids shit somewhere off the wall tonight was just a game that i enjoyed watching i kind of had the being a dark sider you prepared me well uh when they build a two score lead i was like yep that's the perfect setup for them to lose at the end but i enjoyed the game i enjoyed seeing the offense open up 
I enjoyed uh, the effort. I believe was was there. It's just uh, unfortunately a losing team finds a way to lose, and that's what the the Jets did. Uh, talk to me. Uh, what do you think was the beginning of the end for them? What was the what was the moment for you when you were just like, oh boy? It is very clear. This is this is the point where I in past years. It's funny you mentioned breaking. You know, like you would have been throwing remotes because th- there are times I have literally broken remotes because of the Jets. And going back into the eight, late eighties and early nineties, when you know, I remember a particular game against Denver. I don't remember the year, but the Jets blew it so bad that I I, I threw my remote against the wall, put a hole in the wall, and the remote. Was, <laughs> I swear it had to be in fifteen pieces. I mean. It was, I <laughs> The beginning of the end was extremely clear, extremely clear. There was no question whatsoever. The Jets are playing great. They, the Patriots held the ball for 700 minutes in the fourth quarter, get all the way down, and they're, and the Jets hold them to what's supposed to be a field goal, right? 12 men on the field, and it wasn't even your typical 12 men on the field. It was literally 12 guys lined up on the yep. line. Usually 12 men on the field, there's a guy running off. He doesn't get off in time or, you know, there's... They just you know, all lined up ready to play. And then, right, there's confusion with one guy coming on, one guy coming off. This is 12 guys literally lined <laughs> up on the line ready to play. So it gives them the first down, which they ended up settling for a field goal anyway. But that is the moment where I was like, you know, in, in past years, this would have pissed me off so bad because you you had this team, you stopped them, and, and it's, you know five minutes, seven minutes, whatever it was left in the fourth quarter. And, and you just got a big stop to hold them to a field goal. And you give, and you give them a 12 men on the, a terrible 12 men on the field penalty to, to give them a first down that, that was when I knew we were in a lot of trouble. You know, then we go to, uh, um, what was the next one? Oh, then, then of course the Jets finally get the ball for the first time in the fourth quarter and Flacco goes deep and throws an interception, which I, I can't even be angry about that because I wanted them to be aggressive and try and put the game away. And they tried, so I can't be too angry, but of course it's an interception. And, you know, at that point now the Jets are, are up seven and, and, you know, they throw an interception and you just knew coming down that, it, that that was going to be the end. But even that wasn't the end. Even then the Jets got the stop they needed and, you know, they get the ball back and, and what do they do? They go three and out in about, you know, <laughs> seconds, five seconds, something like that, and, and give the ball back. They didn't, they didn't they ran the ball only once, didn't even try and get the Patriots to take their timeout. So but no question whatsoever that the, the, the twelve men on the field was the beginning of it. That was it. End of story, game over. That was when I kind of slapped my hand against my knee. That was the moment where like, really, really? And uh, again. Penalties are, you, you always told me about this, penalties are discipline, discipline is coaching. So if you want to put this on a defensive coordinator, fine, uh, I'm not going to argue, but that's just coaching, to not be prepared. And, and these are the moments, I don't, uh, I'm going to call it a moment of panic, but I'm probably using the wrong word. It's just, these are the key moments when you're thinking on the fly, you're not coming out of a timeout, you're not coming out of halftime. These are the moments that you have to rehearse and practice. These are the moments when it's almost like a fight or flight sort of thing and a Jets panic. The fight or flight moment and let's put 12 guys out there. There was no discipline. There was no awareness. And that to me goes back to coaching. You're not prepared for the vital moments. Yeah. And, and there was one other moment where, and where you knew, you just knew it was, it was going to be over. And then, you know, I know you were about to make another point, but I want to get this one while I'm remembering it is the Jets had a third and 10. I mean, the Patriots had a third and 10 and the Jets give him a first down on a holding penalty when he threw an incomplete pass. And then the very next play, Damian Harris turns into Marshawn Lynch and runs like 15 (laughs) yards, knocking guys over, breaking tackles and gets a first down. And that's, that's when I knew that there was no way we were going to win this game. You know, I just, I just knew it was over. 
it was it was that it's um, those penalties is it's like you had the game won but you kept giving the Patriots okay here's another chance okay here's one more okay this is the last one guys now I really mean it but you give them enough chances they finally took advantage and that's and that right there goes to your point about coaching and and how they're prepared and we're not the Patriots when they smelled blood went for it and and I just realized that um, I, I said that the Jets got the ball back after you know um, they. They stopped the Patriots, got the ball back, and went three and out. No, that was after the Patriots scored, and the Jets went three and out and gave the Patriots the ball back with two timeouts to kick the winning field goal. So I, I realized that I screwed that up. The Jets are were, were that much in the tank that they couldn't even take enough time off the clock and, and make the Patriots take their timeouts. They tried to, you know, they, they got the ball and, and went three and out, gave the Patriots the ball back, and the Patriots went down for the, the game-winning field goal. But, um, yeah, that, that, that to me is the huge difference right there between a team that's prepared and a team that's not. The Jets don't know how to win. All they know how to do is lose. They have no idea how to be successful. And the Patriots, even though this is not a lot of the same guys, they have a coach who has instilled in them how to be successful, even if they're not always successful at this time. And and it showed, you know, when, when it came time to, for, for one side to blink, it's the guys in green that blink. Blink, Absolutely. blink, blink or blink. It's blinked, right? Blinked, okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> you actually answered one of the topics that I was going to throw at you, and I was sure we were going to disagree, and God damn it, we're on the same page again. I was going to ask you about... boring, <laughs> man. I, I was dying to hear your opinion on a, on a play call of the interception when they went deep and was going to ask you, listen, do you want to play it safe, run the ball, control the clock, uh, force the Patriots to use the timeout, punt, play the field position if you have to? And uh, I, I, I was sure you were, you were going to go the conservative way. Listen, we're winning. Let's try to hold on. And originally that was the that was the thought that crossed my mind as well when the play actually happened. I'm like, God damn it. And then I just caught myself and saying, no, that's that's hypocritical thinking. That's typical Jets fan way of thinking. Uh, I actually liked that they went aggressive because it was working. They were creating they were creating plays where there was pass interference, where there was big plays. They stuck to their guns of, hey, let's keep being aggressive. And if they get, uh, if, if that's a completion or that's a penalty, they just likely close out the game and win. Uh, so, yes, I uh, unfortunately, you go deep. That's one of those things that can happen. Uh, the guy made a great play. I don't begrudge the Jets for being aggressive and going for it. No, I, I don't begrudge them. I, I would have preferred a little bit more of a aggressive slash smart approach rather than going for it all like that. But I will, I will accept the fact that they tried to put it away and go deep like that. I would rather they would have tried to take off little chunks of yardage and get the Patriots to switch the defense up a little bit, you know, um, you know, the, the, uh, the commentator had, had notated that, that Ryan Griffin was completely wide open on the side. And if he would have hit Ryan Griffin, he probably would have ran for 20 or 30 yards and, and been smart enough to stay in bounds. I would rather go for the dink and dunk passes. I don't want to run the ball into the line and give up. Um, but I, it, my second choice would be to be aggressive and try and put it away. Cause I, I even said that before the drive, I'm like, the Jets are going to lose this game if they go into conservative mode and try and run the clock out and, and, and play, you know, run the ball into the line bullshit they normally do. So I, I cannot complain about the result. I, I would have preferred if I had a choice between the two, they did it a little bit differently, but I won't complain about that. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I just, I like the fact that they didn't hand it off and run it three straight times down the middle, three carries, two yards and a punt. So I'll, you know, I'll live with the result. I'm It, it hurts, but I'll live with it. I, I like the play call. All right. So I have one complaint and then we'll wrap it up. This was a, this was fun. Um, 
I don't know who the guy is or whose idea or who they have to talk to about their stupid crowd noise, but they need to fire that guy and go back to the drawing board because the crowd noise is terrible. The only time it's decent is when it's quiet and they let out a cheer, but the rest of the time it's this stupid dull roar that doesn't even fit. It's obvious it's fake. You just hear this constant. Yep, that's it. it's more annoying than anything else it's to me personally. Annoying. I couldn't even concentrate. It, it didn't even feel like a real football game to me. I mean, that's 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 my my gripe of the night is get rid of that fucking clock operator. Tell him to get the hell out, or go back and talk about somebody who knows the game and keeps it quiet when the Jets have the ball. Cheer when something good yes. happens. The Patriots yes. have it instead of just this dull roar to make it like there's a crowd there. If you're gonna do it, do it like the try to emulate the real life situation. Uh, well, you don't emulate like, the real life situation, everybody be cheering for the other team. So. <laughs> everybody's booing. Uh, before I let you go, one funny thought again, dark side of thought of the day. As I'm driving home, uh, starting to listen to the game, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, I think I just had an epiphany. I know where Sam Darnold is gonna end up. It just so happened that the Patriots are clearly not. They they know that Cam Newton is not a long term solution." If the Jets do their part and put themselves in line for Trevor Lawrence, it might be one of those Josh Rosen situations where everybody knows you have to get rid of Darnold. You're not going to trade him. They might release him, and uh, Bill Belichick is going to be like, you know what? I'll take on this young kid for another 12 years of tormenting the Jets, and then I'll retire. <laughs> wouldn't that be something if Wouldn't that be something if the if Sam Darnold ends up uh, saving his career under Bill Belichick? That, just kill me then. Just kill me that happens it'll be a couple of years down the road the jets are there's no way they release him and get nothing from him. they would they would take a sixth round pick from a team in the in the nfc west before they did that just like rosen was all the way across the country in a different conference that's what the jets would do i am then again they could be stupid and, and trade him to the Pats, but i don't see that happening at all i uh yeah i think i think donald is gonna is gonna end up getting traded to um Again, I'm going to stick with my prediction. He's going to go to a team that has a uh, a star quarterback at the end of the career, and he will he will get some grooming and then come back and haunt the Jets somehow as Trevor Lawrence is uh, running to the ground and turns into nothing. Uh, overall, feeling uh, worse than the week before, better than the week before, or just the same as the week before after watching tonight's game? I'm getting scared that they're going to pull one out eventually. I, I am because they 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 – were good in the first half two weeks ago. They were good in the first half last week against the against the best one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team. And then today they actually almost won. So I'm getting a little nervous that they're gonna that they're gonna pull out a win one of these days and screw themselves up. <laughs> I'm feeling better from the fact that we we watched something resembling an NFL team and an NFL offense. I'm feeling worse because as like you said, as we're approaching the final stretch where they have to lock in that number one pick when the season is completely lost, now they're waking up and starting to look good enough like they can try to win a game or two and fuck up all the plans we had. We have some positives. Mims it looks good. I mean, he looks really good in limited action, but he looks really good. I don't think P. Ryan looks bad at all. I think he looks pretty decent. And, uh, you know, Beckton, if he's not going to be a pansy and get hurt every other week, is is a, an absolute beast. So this draft... Oh, and Ashton Davis. You can't complain about Ashton Davis either. He's a monster hitter. He's a, he, he puts big hits, and I know he got a bad freaking penalty. Oh, that's the other thing I want to do: the, the penalty call against Ashton Davis. I can't fault that one too much. You know, I mean, in real time, it looked like he took Newton's head off. When you look at it slowly, <laughs> he, 
and hit his head. But there was a call a few plays before that where Mims guy dove on Mims after he was down. If that's anybody but a rookie on the Jets, that's that's a late yeah. hit and a fifteen yeah. yard penalty. It made no sense. The kid the kid was down and this guy actually left his feet and dove on top of him when he was already down. Looking at the little things, I have to be very excited that we have two talented, promising young players at very key positions, left tackle and wide receiver. Those, I, That's the positions where I want to see somebody shine, and uh, these guys are making everybody pay attention that they're the real deal. So that's definitely something to be at least positive about. All right. Well, that's uh, that wraps up this week. We have uh, no game next week. The Jets are on a bye, so we will have to do one a little bit later in the week, and we'll get back to our Facebook post stuff. I think what I'm going to do is we will have the game free Review. We will have the game review, and then the middle of the week one will be just general stuff going on with the Facebook post rather than trying to find something for everyone. How's that? That sounds perfect to me. All right. And then hope you feel better, and I will catch up sometime later this week. Have fun as always. Be safe. Bye.